I'm Jay Carr. This is The Great Cloud. I wonder if he knew. I wonder if he knew that he was writing the greatest letter ever written. That people thousands of years later would call it the most profound work in existence, and unquestionably the most important theological work ever written. Did he have any idea that what he was writing down would come to alter the world and shape history and change lives more than any other work ever put on paper? I'm talking about Paul's letter to the Romans, but I'm not talking about Paul. I'm thinking about Tertius, Paul's amanuensis, his secretary or scribe mentioned in chapter 16. What an incredible experience that must have been. Tertius wrote hastily but carefully on the sheet of papyrus he was holding in his lap gripping his freshly cut reed pen a little more firmly than usual. He was full of excitement, the kind of excitement that sometimes is mistaken for anxiety, the kind that energizes you and you can feel a little too much in your extremities. He had felt this way ever since the Apostle Paul approached him and asked him to be the secretary for a letter to Rome that God was leading him to write. He felt like this was the culmination of all his years of training and work. He had always liked his job all right and even took pride in it at times, but now it was clear to him that God had been preparing him for this moment, for this task. Tertius knew the importance of apostolic teaching. He knew that when Paul taught, he taught with the authority of Christ who sent him. Tertius himself had experienced the power of it, even recently as Paul was proclaiming Jesus Christ and him crucified to the people of Corinth. And for the most part, the Apostle's teaching was merely spoken and heard once, not written down and read, possibly for years to come. The more he had thought about it, the more he realized what an amazing opportunity this was. He felt immensely unworthy for such a task, but he trusted Paul's wisdom in selecting him, so he agreed. Now, as he wrote, he felt unusually capable, as though he was being carried along by the Spirit, he was always fairly competent as a scribe, but this was a unique experience. It wasn't that he didn't have to put forth effort, but that his effort was bolstered and stimulated. He was even able to look up from the page more than he usually could. He saw the earnestness and tenderness in Paul's eyes as he spoke. He saw his brow furrow in concentration as he anticipated questions and objections of the recipients of the letter and Tertius saw the great apostle's worn and wearied face radiate with joy as he said things like, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Normally, his work was done with what he referred to as just one ear. He would hear the speaker's words enough to write them down, but his attention was split in order to focus on the task of writing neatly enough to read and quickly enough to not completely break down the speaker's train of thought and flow of speech. 
This tended to make it hard to fully comprehend what was being said, especially if an argument of any complexity was being set forth. Generally, this didn't matter to Tertius all that much, but this job was different. Today, he was hearing the very words of God warm from the great apostle's mind and lips. He wanted so much to drop his tools and lend every bit of his attention to listening and absorbing this amazing explanation of the good news of Christ. He knew that Paul was speaking with a particular audience in mind, but for so much of the letter it felt like the apostle was talking directly to him. More than that, like God was speaking directly to him. With this realization came another, that his ears were sharper than usual. Even though he wanted to pay more attention to what was being said, he was still able to listen and understand far better than he usually could while transcribing, especially for something of this depth. He knew that this was a gift from his Lord, which reminded him of his amazing sense of joyful responsibility toward his duties. He was so grateful to God to be a part of conveying this message to be an instrument in his hands. When about halfway through the letter, Paul mentioned God as a potter, making some vessels for honorable use, he couldn't help thinking about himself and this very task. Tertius was overcome with gratitude and joy like never before, only to be topped a moment later when Paul explained that these vessels of mercy were prepared beforehand for glory. Then after a few more words, the apostle took a deep breath and closed his eyes as he often did when he was about to recite something from the scriptures. Tertius took advantage of the short break to silently pray to God and thank him for being so generous with his mercy and grace on such an undeserving man like himself. Near the end of the letter, the Apostle Paul began including greetings from some of the brothers who were with him. And when he included a greeting from Tertius, Paul caught his attention and smiled at him kindly and joyfully, with a warmth reminiscent of an older brother or a grandfather, and said, Why don't you make that greeting personally from yourself? Tertius, astounded and humbled, smiled back and nodded his head liberally. When he finished the letter, he felt simultaneously renewed and exhausted. And though many parts of the letter would come to shape Tertius's future life and ministry, what kept echoing in his mind in the moments after he finished writing was Paul's final doxology. To the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen.